But in Jude chapter, I keep saying Jude chapter, Jude verse 11, we'll read that again, that's our last verse, the last woe from this, cha- this book, and we'll move on to another book with the woes, but it says, Woe unto them, for they have gone out to the way of Cain. Now we've looked at the woe, don't go the way of Cain, because there, there, there's, there's no repentance that way, there's no, there's no refrain that way, and uh and the recompense of that way is you cannot bear. He says, don't go that way. Don't go the way of Cain. We know what happened. Cain, Cain killed his brother. And he thought, well, I can just do what I want to do. Can't nobody tell me what to do. We've got Christians the same way. The Bible says don't do this. They'll do it anyway because they just don't think nobody can tell them what to do. He said, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam. We looked at last week how they ran after the heir of Balaam, the spirit of Balaam. And I feel that's, that's, a, that's a danger in this church world that we live in today, that the church has turned their back on God and to start seeking after things of this world that has opened up the door and invited the world to come in. And the world has came in and set up camp inside the church and starts acting like the world. Well, well, we want the world to come in. We want the world to come in and, and, and see what God can do. But when you let the world come in and you take God out of the picture and you start doing what the world says to do, you've got God gone. Put it the Bible, the door frame, because God is no longer part of that. And I believe that is where the church world stands today in a lot of churches that they have just kicked God out and start doing what they want to do in their own way, amen, it's like lifting up the uh, preacher instead of God, lifting up the singers instead of God, we got to get out of that, make sure that we don't get caught up in the spirit of Balaam, because every one of us sitting here can have that type, we can get to the point that we run after the things of the world, we look for the things of the world, or, or we can go in the way of Cain, it's easy for any one of us to do that, why, because you're in the flesh, the flesh is weak. The flesh is willing to do that. But you've got to be in the spirit. So woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam. For reward of perish in the gang-slaying of Korah. Gang-slaying of Korah. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. We just ask you to touch our hearts, lift us up, and encourage the Lord. Help us. Lord, to just say the words that need to be said, Lord. And Lord, just up in our hearts that we receive the words that need to be said. And Lord, we'll give you the praise, we'll give you the honor, and we give the glory. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, we've talked about them. James said, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. There are those who just, uh, I, 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 I know God, I, I serve God. I, I, they claim to know God. And they live like a wicked devil all week long. They get in church on Sunday morning and they got that holy suit on them. Uh, and, and like I said last week, they lean towards hell all their life and all of a sudden they're going to flop off into heaven when they die. It don't work that way. People can't live like the devil all week long and on Sunday morning and say, I know God. I'm sitting, I'm, I'm worshiping God. I'm, I'm living for God. No, you can't do that. 
They ran after Balaam, and here they see they perished in the gang-slaying of Korah. The word gang-slaying simply means opposition. It, it, it opposes what God has said, and their life, their life is in opposition of what the Word of God has said. Listen, anytime you start opposing or contradicting against the Word of God, mark it down. Woe unto you, troubles ahead of you, afflictions ahead of you. Anytime you start in your life opposing the Word of God, there is a woe before you. Don't go down that path. God is telling us don't go down that path. Don't go in that direction because there's nothing but destruction down the path of that way. This is the warning the last day saints. Verse 14, Enoch also the seventh from the Adam prophesies of these sayings. Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all, to conceive all that are ungodly among them all, their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed. Verse 24 says, talking about when he comes and presents us before the present now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. God is coming back to deal with those ungodly People, now you got to remember this, and I want you to remember this. Get this in your head. I'm not talking about the world out there. I'm not talking about the lost man out there. I'm talking about the church, and that's what he's talking about. The church. God is coming back to execute judgment on the ungodly, the sitting in the house of God, pretending to be something they're not. We find this is the last days marks of the last days church. Not that we'll have a religion without rules or restraint. It's not that they'll run after the doctrine of Balaam. Do what you want to do. But one of the marks of the last days church, people will be smitten for their uh, 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 necks and hardened neck and, and harden their hearts, stiff neck, and live in total opposition for the word of God. They know for the fact that what was condemned and they go against what God said not to do. They'll reach out and touch the unclean thing that God said was unclean. They will parade around and say we have liberty in the Lord. We can do what we want to do. Live how we want to live. Say what we want to say while striving against God's Word and God's presence. There, there are those that believe that you can... Listen to me. <laughs> there are those that actually believe as a church, as a church member, believe that you can actually drink alcohol. Let me just say this. Let's just ask the drunkard. Would it be all right for you just to have a little sip of that cool beer and that ice cold mug. Would it be all right just to have one of them 
No, no, because one leads to two, two leads to three. Amen. If that don't satisfy you, ask the wife of a drunkard. Hey, would you like for him to come home again and beat you up that night like he did the nights before over and over and go through that over and over? They'll tell you, no, I'm telling you, you don't want to drink. But there are some people says you can drink uh, and be all right. There are some people says it's all right to take a little smoke of something every now and then. No, it's not. God has condemned that. Well, there's those that believe that you can do that. It's the mark of the last days. Verse 5, verse 6, verse 7 talks about the rebellion. This is not me saying it. It is the Bible saying they have pride living in defiant of God. But he said they'll have eternal fire. You're not going to tell me how to live. They don't want to be told how to live. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. They, they, you don't tell me how to live. You're not going to tell me how I can live. Verse 16, these are murmurers, complainers, walking in their own lust. This is not the action of a Christian. The action of, acts of a, a Christian is to, I, I want to be more like Christ every day. I, I want the flesh to be killed. I, I strive to be more like Christ each and every day. If your entire life is marred by nothing but rebellion against the authority, whether they be God or whether your parents, whether the church or whether the pastor, you mark it down. You're in rebellion. You're heading for eternal fire. You're not one of his sheep if you rebel against God. Titus 1, they profess that they know God, but in their works they deny him being abominable and disobedient. And under every good work, reprobate. This is the last day, church. This is where we're at in the church age today. Is it possible for someone to get, for, get swept up in rebellion? Let me just say, it doesn't take much but a little seed of rebellion be planted down inside of you. And it starts to running and it starts to growing. And after a while it just bursts out. If there's ever a day to fight against rebellion, if there's ever a day to fight against the spirit of Balaam today, today is the day in the church world. Have you... I used to love watch cartoons when they were cartoons. It ain't nothing but a good cartoon. In fact, I get up at 7 o'clock on Saturday morning, flip it on, I got three hours of good, wholesome cartoons. Amen, I'm telling you. But if anybody ever noticed the, day, the modern day cartoon, Disney's cartoons? Have you really noticed them? It's all based on rebellion. Every one of them. Simba. I love Simba. I got to thinking about it. He don't want to live in the kingdom. 
He wants to look on the dark side out there, so he rebels against his daddy. Ariel and what's her name, Elsa. They don't want to live in the palace. They don't want to be there. They just want to let it go. Just let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> what's that mermaid one? What? Ariel. She don't want to live under the ocean no more. She don't want to be with her father no more. She wants to be on the upside. So she gets on the upside. Disney's movie is nothing but rebellion. And then you watch your kids look at it and they see this rebellion. I don't have to do what mama told me to do. I don't have to do what daddy has told me to do. I don't have to do that because the movies, Disney says I can do it. We're raising a bunch of generations of rebellious kids today. I don't know if you've been to Walmart lately, but there's all kinds of rebellion going on down there. I get, it, I get shame when you get cussed out by a three-year-old. It's, it's, a, it's a un, unreal. That's, that's where we're at today. That's where the society is at. And I don't blame the world for this. I blame the church. We, we're facing a lot in the next few months in the church world. I just got finished watching a documentary on what's her name that got the prayer nicked out of the schools. What, Madam Albright there? <laughs> nah, Madam some other. But how people have got this idea that church is evil is beyond me. And, and, and what the Bible is saying, when you start rebelling against the Word of God and the authority of God, there's only one path that you can lead on, one path that you can go on, and that is a path of destruction. And that's where we're headed at. So let's go to Numbers chapter 16. Numbers chapter 16. I'm going to give you three quick thoughts on this. Uh, the uh, gang slaying of Korah. And see the destruction thereof and what's going on. 16. Chapter 16 of Numbers. Verse number one, now Korath, the son of Isar, the son of Koath, the son of Levi, the, and Datham, and Abathram, and sons of Elibah, and On, and son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of, of the assembly of famous in the congregation and men of renown. Now, they're not by themselves. They've got 250 people with them. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore, then lift ye up yourselves among the congregation of the Lord. And when Moses heard it, he fell on his face. The, the first sign of rebellion, the first sign of rebellion against God is when you start to resist or start to lift up self. You start lifting up self. There is not one instance of rebellion in the scriptures that, that doesn't begin with an excessive sense of self-importance or arrogant self-perception. Uh, uh, 
The first act of rebellion in the Bible was Lucifer. The Bible said he got to him and said, hey, uh, he lifted up in pride. He said, oh, look at me. I'm something beautiful. I, I lead the uh, singing. Uh, I've got pipes built unto me. He got lifted up in pride, and that was his downfall. Look at Eve. What got her? The devil told her, eat of the fruit of the tree. And you should be like God's, knowing good and evil. You can get real smart, Eve, if you eat of this. Just rebel against what God has said. What got Saul? The reason Saul got rejected as a king is because God said you used to be a little man in your sights. He says you always looked at yourself as being a little man, but now you're puffed up and you're thinking you're something that you're not. Absalom, same way. He tried to take the kingdom from his father. He lifted up himself. Solomon's life, his life was messed up. All those strange women... He had all that wisdom and all that money, and yet he got lifted up in himself. Prodigal son said, hey, I don't want to live with you no more. I don't want to be under your third anymore. I want to go out and live in the world. Look what he got him. It's always been me, me, self, self, I, I. Look in the world today, we got iPhone, iPads, I this, I that. We got everything. It's me, 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 I, I, I. It's self, self, self. We're living in a self-centered world today. You ever notice why modern day religion places a high emphasis on self? You, you got these people today that's preaching, oh, you're somebody. Oh, you are really good. And, and what we do, they, they sit and they build the person up, thinking, hey, hey you're somebody, you're worthy, you're good, you're all this, I'm going to lift you up, I'm going to pump you up, I'm going to give you all that you need, I'm going to make you think you're something, and all of a sudden, then the world comes in, and they come crashing down. And that's why they stay on drugs. They stay on uppers to get up, and they stay on downers to get down. And all they don't know because they're looking for something to help them out. Maybe we ought to just be like Job. Job said, hey, Lord, I am nothing but a worm. I blush to even lift my face towards you and just start looking. Hey, God, I'm not even worthy to be accounted among your sheep. I'm not worthy to be your servant. But I thank God that you count me as one of yours and think I'm the lonely myself. And the only way you can get closer to God is start getting self out of the way. The more you move self out, the more God can move in and God can do with you. Anytime you start lifting yourself up, I've seen singers get to thinking there's something that they're not. And they get to lift themselves up. I've seen preachers get up there and start preaching and lift themselves up. They're thinking there's something that they're not. Anytime you start lifting yourself up, you butter blit, God is getting ready to bring you down. Amen. God will get you. We're not vile creatures. It's not, not what I've done, it's what he's did. 
I want to live for Him and I want Him to do what He wants me to do. It's not what I want to do. First sign of rebellion is you start lifting yourself up. When you come to church, you want to come to church to hear from God. So many times we come to church and it's not a big deal anymore. We do it so much, it's not a big deal anymore to come to church. We come down, sit down, and next thing you know, we get distracted with our phones. We get distracted with everything else. We don't know what's going on. Uh, and, and we get all distracted and everything. And you, some of us even take a little nap every now and then. But let me just say, maybe you ought to come in the doors in the church house and say, God, I'm coming in because I want to hear from you. I know the man of God has got the word of God and if the man of God is preaching from the word of God, I know you're going to speak to me. I know you're going to say something. That's why we ought to come to church that way. We come in and say, God, I want to hear from you tonight. I want to hear from you today. Amen. Rebellion. The Bible says, lift up yourselves upon the congregation of the Lord. What I found out in my life, rebellion will normally come out in people's words when you listen to them talk. They're, they're telling Moses that you lift yourself up when they actually have lifted them own, their own selves up. Let me, let me say this. When you rebel, you lose opportunity to serve God. When you rebel, you lose opportunity to serve God. Verse 8, Moses said on the cross, Here I pray you, you sons of Levite, seemeth it build but a small thing unto you, but the God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to Him to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and stand before the congregation to minister unto them. And he hath brought thee near to him, and all thy brethren, thy sons of Levi, and thee, and seek ye the priesthood also. Rebellion will separate you from God and prevent God from using you like he wants to use you. You know what the son of Korah, Korah was the son of Koath. If you go back to Numbers chapter 4, you read what their job was. It, 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 was, a, it was a good job. It, it, it was a mighty good job. When they in the tents and they're getting ready to move, and they're going to pack up and get ready to move, Aaron and his sons would come in and the drape put drapes over the candlesticks and over the, the Ark of the Covenant and all the showbread and all that stuff. They get it all covered up and get it covered up and then they will go. And when the tent was getting ready to move, uh, when they get ready to move forth, Kohath and his sons would come in and they would take the staves that was run through the eye loops of the covenant, the Ark of the Covenant, and they'd pick it up and carry it. They're this close to the presence of God. That was, that was, that, that's an awesome job. That, that's an awesome job to be in that much presence of God, being present with God. But yet they said, you know what? They got to thinking about it. It says, I don't like my job. It's too hard for me. 
All the other people ain't got that kind of job. I rested, you know, they had to carry everything on foot. Korath sons and their, their family had to carry everything on All the other Levite tribes got to carry everything on you know, their wagons. And they're thinking, hey, they're better than us. They're, they're, look how easy they got it. You, you put this burden on us and I don't want to carry this burden anymore. It's not worth the burden that I'm under right now. I don't know about you, but I want to use, be used by God. And I find out if you get used by God, you become a blessing to someone else. And that's what we need to look for. I, do, I want to do what God has called me to do. Rebellion You just need to leave those alone out of your life. Rebellion people around you will cause you to stumble. Will cause you to stumble. You better get away from those people that's rebellion. Verse 23. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from out the tabernacle, Korath, and Dathan, and Abram. And Moses rode up and went unto Dathan and Abram. And the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray ye, from the tent of these wicked men. Now these guys that was carrying the Ark of the Covenant says, Depart from these men, these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in all their sin. So they got up from the tabernacle of Orth, and Dathan and Aben, and on every side of Dathan and Aben came out and stood on the door of their tents and their wives and their sons and their little children. Every person in here, especially the little ones, need to put this in their heart and never forget it. Never get it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Be not deceived, evil communication, corrupt good manners. Be not deceived, evil communication, corrupt good manners. If it said it was true, absolutely it's true. God said, get up from that crowd. Get away from that crowd. Don't hang out with that crowd. They're rebels. And when you're going to go down with them, if you hang out, you know somebody that's going against the Word of God and leaning towards the world, you need to just push yourself away from them, get out away from them, because God says they're heading for destruction and you can get caught up in it. You say, well, I want to help them out. I want to help them out. I say you ought to, but at a certain point that they prove that they don't want no help, you need to back off. We've seen some people here that needed help, and we try to help, and at a point we said, you know what? You just need to back off of them people. Reason why? Because if you keep on keeping on with them, they're going to drag you down right with them. And I don't want to be dragged down with them. I don't, I don't know how many Christians have walked in a bar and says, I'm going to convert every drunkard in there to a Christian. A hundred percent of the time, that Christian becomes a drunkard. Amen. It's just that way. You're not going to people. If they want to be converted, they'll get converted. But if they don't, they're not. And if you hang around with them long enough, they're going to pull you right down with them. 
I've seen a lot of good people go down because they just will not give up on a friend that did not want God. Amen. Better get away from it, says. You see, that's Old Testament stuff. I'm glad you asked that. Let me give you some New Testament stuff. Romans 16, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offense contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. <laughs> Woo. You ought to put that in your pipe and smoke it. For they have or such served not of the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own lust, their own belly, their own good works, and fire speech and deceive the hearts of the people. He said, stay away from them people. And this is what God's saying. It's not me. I'm not saying this. God said this. So, brother, you need to mark those who's caused division. We need to mark some people that's caused division. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, covetous, adulterer, a railer, a drunkard, or extortion with such, you're not to eat with... You. He said, you're not even supposed to eat with the ungodly people. What? I got some of them in my family. Lord, you're telling me I'm not supposed to eat with them, not fellowshipping with them. Amen. This God said, take it up with him. I tell you what hinders a Christian life. Paul said in Galatians 5, Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Who hindered? Who don't every one of us gets hindered by somebody. We get hindered by somebody. Paul said, Who, who hindered you? Who hindered you? Who, did, who kept you from obeying the truth of God? 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Now we're Command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every brother that walked with disorder. And not that any tradition which he received of us. For he says, you yeah, we ought, uh, ought to follow us, for we behaved to ourselves disorderly among you. If any man obey not our words by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, and he may be ashamed. Ye count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. You say, well, that's not a big deal. We remember back in verse number 2, uh, number 16, we said that Korath and Dathan and Abram, it said there were 250 princes with them. Now they're, they're, just, they're, they're not the ones who started the rebellion. They're not the ones that are encouraging on. They're, they were just saying, hey, that's my friend. I, I, I'll stand with my friend. I may not agree with him on everything, but because he's my friend, he's my buddy, we've been together for a long time, I think I'll stand up with him, I'll hook arms with him, and we're just going to walk down this path together. 
Better be careful. Verse 35. <laughs> there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. Someone who willfully rebels to the scripture, I would say, stay away from them because when it falls, it just might fall on you. I, 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 I listen to this. Listen to this. We find there's no limitation, that there is a limitation to God's long suffering. We say God's long suffering, I do believe that, but at a point in time, God's going to pull his hand from you, says, That's it, that's it. Verse 31, and it came to pass as he had made an end of the speaking of these words and the ground caved asunder that was under them and the earth opened up the mouths and swallowed them and their houses and all the men that appertained to Corinth and all their goods and all that appertained to them went down alive in the pit and the earth closed upon them. They perished among the congregation. All of Israel were round about them, fleed at the cry of them, for they said, lest the earth swallow us up again. Can you imagine the sound that was going on when the earth opened up and all these people went into the earth and they start crying out. Can you imagine the sound of that? Everybody's standing around and you hear these cries coming from underground. I'd run too. I'd run too. God is long suffering. God is loving. But there comes a point in time, even God will says, you keep on rebelling, you keep running out to Balaam's doctrine, there's a pathway to perish. And we see that. Korah gets his in it too. Notice that they swallowed him up at the same time that always, you know, this all, everything that swallowed, these got swallowed up by the same thing that swallows people up today. The earth, the world, swallows everybody up. Get caught up in the world, doing the things with the world, hooked up with the world. You're trying to serve God and living in the world at the same time. It don't work. You're going to get swallowed up. God keeps on. Sooner or later, you're going to get yours. The rebels get swallowed up by the lust and the cares of this world. That's the problem of the last day church. The churches have been swallowed up by worldliness. Korah gets his too. He's not left undone. He gets his too. I'm telling you, on the pathway of rebellion, there is destruction ahead. There is destruction abounding. We need to fight against this rebellion today. We we'll fight against it in the church. We need to fight against this way of Cain. We need to fight against this Balaam spirit in the church. We need to just stay true to the word of God and what God has said. If not, you're going to wind up just like these guys did. They were swallowed up by the earth, consumed by the earth. We'll get swallowed up by the world, consumed by the world, and God will not have mercy on you. What a sad place to be. I can only imagine being standing around the pit 
and hearing the cries. But can I say, you don't have to be standing around the pit today to hear the cries. The crying world is crying today. They're lost and undone. We ought to hear the cries of the lost today, knowing where they're heading, knowing what they're facing, and yet we do nothing about it because we're caught up in this world of me, me, me. Can I say it's not about you? It's not about me. It's all about him. Amen. Amen. And we do what he wants us to do. We live how he wants us to live. We'll do all right. Amen.